morning, good morning. Ain't it a great morning? I mean, it is a beautiful morning outside. Hey, y'all, I'm horticulturist Phil Rushing, and this next hour is going to be about gardening. Here at MPB, we call it Think Gardening. Actually, I made that up. But we're going to be talking about gardening. It's a Gestalt Gardener, and we're going to do nothing but gardening for the next hour. Got some things to kick around, a few emails to answer, uh, some cheesy music as usual, and a couple of things you can do or not this weekend in your garden this coming week. So no matter where you are, from Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, Tennessee, and beyond, if you're in the South, this is for you. So sit back, relax, folks. We're going to do a little bit of music. Uh, I mean, excuse me, news. Uh, my producer, Jay. Java Chapman has got some uh, some emails printed out for me to read, but it's going to be a live call-in program. So let's get close to your phone, and we'll be back and chat with you about gardening here on MPB right after this. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back. Horticulture's fell to rushing. And am I cheerful? You bet I am. Real cheerful because it's sunny outside. It's cool, but it's not hot. Uh, it's not co- too cold at night. Got plenty of rain so you can actually dig the dirt. You know, there's a window of opportunity. Uh, a lot of people miss it. Because in the summertime, I get calls about people saying, it's too hard to dig. I can't dig. My dirt's like concrete. No. If you dig it right now, it's like chocolate cake. I mean, when it's not too wet, a few days after a good rain uh, or or after a a few days of sunny weather in the wintertime, when there's plenty of moisture out there but it's kind of drained out, that stuff turns over. You can pick up the hardest concrete Yazoo clay, the nastiest, stickiest stuff that sticks to your fingers when it's wet. And you can just crumble it like cake. It's wonderful out there. That's what I've been digging. I went out with a friend yesterday, uh, uh, stole a couple of pots. Well, I mean, they're still pots. They were uh, uh, big plastic buckets that somebody discarded and uh, too big for him to, to, to carry in his hand. So we got my pickup truck, went out and liberated them and uh, filled them up with some good planters mixed uh, with uh, you know some organic matter, a little dirt, a little sand, a little bark, a little peat moss, stuff like that. He's going to be planting vegetables and flowers before you knew it. Uh, speaking of before you know it, it looks like we're not going to have any more cold weather. Java, it looks like we're not going to have cold weather, but we're going to get some cold weather. We need cold weather because we officially have not had a winter here no. in Mississippi. Yeah, it got down to 17, but who, you know, we've already forgotten that. Yeah, that was like three days in January, and now... Uh, it's a couple, like two weeks from March. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I've been doing this uh, this radio thing, writing for the Claire and Ledger for a long time. I've been writing for the Claire and Ledger, hard to believe, but I'm in my 30, let me see, started in 1980, 37th year of writing for the Claire and Ledger. You've been writing for the Claire and Ledger twice. longer than I've been born. Than <laughs> twice, <I've> been. <laughs> twi- twice a week. Twice a week. Man, when it comes to words, you know, I got it. But, uh, uh, I get, so over the years, I've kept track of what people ask about because you know I get you know how many emails I get here at MPB, but we talk about the same things same time of year, year after year after year, which I don't get bored by. But I guarantee you, there's going to be people planting tomatoes this weekend. 
Is that a good thing? No. Because <laughs> with the weather, they we're, think it's a good thing. We're, we're, we're almost two months away from the recommended time to plant. We're a month and a half away from the earliest recommended time to plant. But it feels good. People's sap is rising. You know, they see, the, I saw roses bloom. They think, oh, it's, it's great out there. But the dirt is still cold. Mm. You know, it's still cold. You you know, you sit on the ground for very long, you know, you're going to get a cold, clammy feeling through your britches. And plants stick their roots down in that stuff, and they don't like it. So uh, I'm I'm telling people, go in and plant pansies, and you can still plant cabbage and cob- turnips and lettuce and all that kind of stuff that likes cool weather. we got a long time till summertime. Yeah, and it's just like I, I saw in a couple emails. I mean, I'm new to the gardening game, but uh, cutting back. People would they having a lot of growth even though yeah. it's it's still February. Yeah, I, I saw you know there's a, there's a, the there's a rose that blooms in the springtime only blooms once big old vine and you'll see it when you're riding around uh, in older parts of town. Lots of little bitty pale yellow flowers looks like a whole cascading thing coming out of trees and stuff. Uh, that's called Lady Banks. It blooms in the spring just once. Well, it's blooming, and it ain't spring yet. Mm-hmm. Messing yeah, so, up everything. Yeah, and I saw a regular rose bush with some blooms. Anyway, uh, the rule of thumb for pruning roses, this is one of those stupid, it's not stupid, folksy type of things that, that, that I learned. I, you know, I, I, I say stupid just, you know, as a generic word. An oddball thing, but you're supposed to prune roses on George Washington's birthday. Whoa. <laughs> who can who can make this up, Java? Yeah, somebody just was like, "Yeah, I'm prune on George." Yeah, that sounds right. Well, see, that's that's next week, you know, and that's usually roses got nothing on them, you know. So anyway, they've got the new growth coming out. People's hearts are getting all tender and soft, and they say, "I can't cut that off." But if they'd have cut it off with no leaves on, let's say they're going to cut a foot off a plant, they'd have cut it off with or without leaves. I'm just saying, go ahead and prune them. Yeah, that's, oddball stuff. That's I don't know George Washington birthday. This just sounds so gardeny. <laughs> it, it is, you know. And uh, what would George say, <laughs> <laughs> Martha? Where's my teeth? <laughs> You are wrong, Java. <laughs> Listen, we're going to talk about garment. I want to run something by you because it's a call-in program. It's, and we have toll-free phone numbers. You want to give us a call, one eight seven seven mpb ring Let me ask you what these things have in common. All right, go ahead. It's, it's not much of a test, but it might surprise you. Uh, eggplant, carrots, celery, watermelon, black-eyed peas, okra, asparagus fern, um, English ivy, holly fern, uh, gourds, and periwinkle. Uh, they have in common not being a part of one of my major food groups. <laughs> <laughs> well, the truth is, all of these plants and more are from the continent of Africa. Okay. You know, this being, you know, Black History Month, I thought, you know, sometimes we need to take stock of, of you know, what we grow from from Asia, from South America, native plants. People talk about native plants all the time. You know, we like native plants and all. Well, we have things from like uh, like Gerbera daisy. English ivy is from North Africa. You know, who, who, you know, I'm just saying a lot of times we forget that we have a heritage of plants from all over the world. And some of our best here in Mississippi, here in the deep south. The plants that, that that take the hot, humid, dry, long summertime um, from Africa. And I guess I'll ask a, ask a general question. How do we know that? 
Well, we could, the phones are lighting up there with answers. <laughs> <laughs> now, we know that because, uh, you know, people who, who bring plants and all, they keep records of it, you know. And, uh, you know, we, we've only been bringing plants to this continent for, what, three or 400 years, you know. And people bring stuff with them from home. You know, the English people brought daffodils because that reminds them of, of home. Um, uh, Africans brought black-eyed peas, you know, seeds of watermelon, things that grow in long, hot, dry what they don't need a bunch of coddling and you know that kind of thing and uh, but we have so many plants here uh, uh princess feather coxcomb basher buttons pentas hyacinth bean joseph's coat uh castor bean i could go on and on and on a star of bethlehem uh gladiolus aberyllus from south africa these are plants that all the gardeners who listen and know these kind of plants we just don't think about you know where they come from Go back to Joseph's. Did you say Joseph's coat? Yeah, yeah. What what is that? It's a little, uh, it, it's a little bunchy, bushy type of leafy thing. It's got colorful leaves. They come in sometimes uh, a multiple color leaves. Sometimes they're kind of a yellowish leaf. But it's a little foliage plant. You know, you can plant them in a row and make words with it. You know, matter of fact, when my daughter was was small, her name is Zoe. I had her write the, the, her name Z O E in a big pot with just Joseph's coat. Because they stay nice little bunchy, and if you put them in a line, they stay in a line. Now, can you, can you go pick that up? Yeah, yeah, garden center sell it. I mean, it's a little bit early because, again, these plants typically like long, hot, dry seasons. You know, if you want plants to do well in the in the wintertime, we got to look at northern Europe, uh, the mountains of Asia, cold places, you know, uh, Canada. But uh, anyway, I just thought, you know, it'd be nice to... To celebrate some of the Sansevera, uh, there's a plant, I guarantee you, your mother's got one of these. They call it snake plant or mother-in-law tongue. Long, skinny leaves uh, in a pot. It's over in the corner. She probably got it when, you know, your uncle was in the hospital and it came in a little hospital gift basket and won't die. But Sansevera, uh, you can grow that in an ashtray on a television. That's how tough it is. But it's from Africa. Airplane plant. Geraniums. Uh, African violets. Hello. <laughs> but anyway, I just thought, you know, a lot of our plumbago, uh, pencil cactus, we just don't celebrate sometimes the, the origins of some of our plants that we sort of take for granted as just being good garden plants. So just want to throw that out. No, I appreciate that information. I know our listeners do, too, because, like you say, the origin of our um, plants. There are some things that are native to Mississippi and uh, the south, you know, of the Americas. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, from uh, all over the world, we basically yeah. have a multitude of plants here. Well, and a lot of our plants come from Asia, azaleas, uh the grasses we grow, like St. Augustine grass and camellias and monkey grass and uh, all of those kind of things. We have a lot of plants. Amazing. You know, I just thought, you know, with the, the month being what it is, I thought I'd bring up some of our real, our taken-for-granted, good, durable, hot summer garden plants that come from the continent of Africa. And they're, they're the ones that are trying to bloom now because we haven't had a winter yet. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. But anyway, folks, if you want to talk about this or anything else, we'll be talking about it. We got time. Can we just jump on the phone calls? Yeah, we can do that, and then we take a break. Okay, hot dog. Let's go to uh, Columbus. Hey, Nick, good morning. Hey, how are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. I questions for you. Yeah. I have a couple questions for you. I live, I might say, in the uh, northeastern part of Mississippi, Columbus. Oh, yeah. Uh, I got uh, blueberries that uh, buds are beginning to swell. Oh, yeah. I've got big trees that the buds are, be uh, the buds are beginning to swell. I put, uh, uh, let me ask you this, uh, 
Is it too early to fertilize? I think it is, Dan. It doesn't really, you know, a lot of people try to be exact about stuff. I'm not exact that plants are either because you know that a lot of people don't ever fertilize and their plants do okay. But there's not a big rush on it. If you put fertilizer out now and we get a couple of three good rains, a lot of that's going to wash away before the roots are really grow because the roots don't grow till the soil warms up. So I, I okay. would say wait till March or April. You know, just just okay. because you fertilize it, uh, it's going to waste a little bit of that nitrogen. Okay. Uh, is triple eight for the figs too strong? It, yes and no. Um, you know, I graduated from Mississippi State. I retired from Mississippi State uh, as a horticulturist with the Extension Service. And we recommend those kind of fertilizers officially a lot, but they're really more agriculture. Here's the reason why, Nick. The ammonia, triple 13, triple 8, things like that, the type of nitrogen is ammonium nitrate. It's real strong. It's real temporary. It washes away. Uh, the plants would like something that's longer and slower acting. And uh, so for that reason, I would go with something that's got a mixture. And the one to look for is, is urea, U-R-E-A. It's a longer, slower acting, better for your plants in that great big rush, and then it's gone. But uh, if you put something like triple eight around your plants every two or three years, and on the in-between year, use something like cottonseed meal or another slow-acting type of nitrogen, plants will do fine. You don't need to use triple 13 or triple A every year because it tends to build up those other ingredients real fast. So I put out a little okay. triple 13, triple A every two or three or four years and use some kind of slow-release nitrogen on the in-between years. What about something like Osmocote? That's easy to get a hold of. Osmocote is good, but it's a little expensive. I use it in my potted plants, and it lasts a long time. But Osmocote is another one that, that you know depends on moisture uh, to, to be released. And if you put Osmocote around a plant that doesn't get watered a lot, then it's going to have fertilizer left over this fall, and the plant is going to be kept kind of pumped up when they need to be settling down. So I'd use Osmocote for potted plants, potted plants and things that get watered you know, every week or two. Not the, not the fruit right, one, plants. All right, one more question. On blueberries, uh, azalea food is good for that? It's great. It's great for your figs, good for pretty much everything. It's got all the, you know, they say, well, it's acid forming. No, it's not. Not enough to make a big difference. But azalea food or something like uh, flowering shrub food, you know, rose food, that's good for any kind of fruiting or flowering plant. Okay, so, uh, okay, so. Uh, so you would say that uh, azalea food is good for the figs as well? If you already got it. If you hadn't got it, get something for fruit plants. I got it. Got plenty of it. Okay. Well, they don't need a lot, Nick. A good a good, a good handful per, per blueberry bush is all they need. Don't don't put it on there like like ketchup on your fried okra. Just scatter it around like salt on an egg. And wash it in? No. Nah, well, you can if you want to or let the rain do it. Well, uh, I've got a good bit of mulch, and so I went on and washed it in. Yeah, there you go. All right. Nothing to it, man. Same thing on figs. That's right. Meanwhile, go find something else to do this weekend. It's too pretty to be doing spring stuff. All right. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> okay. Job, am I rude? You know, I mean, I'm I'm an old guy. I got gray hair. Can, yeah. I, be, can I be, you know... Act like we're just folks sitting around a coffee table talking like we're old friends. We're going we gonna to keep it like your mug right now. You're just a little <laughs> tad bit grumpy. <laughs> yeah, I got a coffee cup. It has a picture of uh, 
of the one of uh, the seven doors. Is that grumpy? Yeah, it says beneath this grumpy exterior beats the heart of a dashing hero. There you go. Hey, let's <laughs> let's take a break before it gets too deep here, <laughs> <laughs> folks. Uh, this is the Gestalt Gardener. We've got the lines wide open. If you'd like to talk about gardening, uh, if you got some gardening events coming up, some things that you'd like uh, to help uh, promote this garden related, uh, give us a call. Let us know ahead of time about announcements so I get it in time. Sometimes I get them after we're off the air. But uh, we're going to come back with a few emails. We've got plenty of, of, of lines open if you want to give us a call and talk about gardening. I don't sell anything. Doesn't matter to me what you do or don't do in your yard. So I'm going to call it as if my mother was listening in. I'm a horticulturist fell to rushing. This is the Gestalt Gardener on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. He was born in the flatlands of Mississippi. With long hair, a hat, he is pretty hip. Can name every bush and name every tree. Could spell horticulture when he was only three. Elder, Elder Rushing, Prince of the Plant Frontier. Now he planned himself a garden in his pickup truck. Just to show the whole world it's not just luck. Growing things to eat, a lot of plants to see. Little Steffi Dwyer built his bottle tree. Builder, builder, rushing prince of the plant frontier. Now his family hails from Germany and the Isle of Man, and even has some kinfolks in Switzerland. They moved to Mississippi because they could hardly wait to raise little Felder so he could go to state. Builder, builder, rushing prince of the plant frontier. Dawning not dumb is his battle cry. To the stinking rules of gardening, he waved bye-bye. Started writing books, lectures round the land. He is the slow gardening man. Builder, builder, rushing prince of the plant frontier. Builder, builder, rushing prince of the plant frontier. I, I can't believe you played that. I know. It was a surprise. But <laughs> <laughs> I had to let the people hear how awesome you are, man. <laughs> That's a fellow named Gus Muhammad, and I think he's from, from up in Belzona. Okay. Who sent that late last night. I thought I said, gee whiz, got to be careful about that. But anyway, he kept it clean. No, he did, and that's that's that's, that's, that's good, man. It speaks to your uh, your presence. <laughs> my 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 presence. You know, we we gonna do some uh, emails. You wanna do that, that little ditty thing, or we passed that already? Oh no, we can always. Uh... <laughs> Dude, let, let me take a call from from Mikey and Mobile, and then we'll do some emails. All right. Good morning, Mikey. Howdy. Hey, man, the best, <laughs> the best. Crazy music ever. Uh, I mean, you know that. Uh, please tell me the name of the guy again. Gus Mohammed. Mohammed. Okay. Is he also the guy who did the um, satire on you know um, 
I got a brand new column. No, 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 no. This guy's okay. from from the Delta. Anyway, what can we help you this morning? I, I need uh, help with um, advice on. I have a Katrina stump, oak tree, very large yeah. in diameter. I had them cut it off at table height. I'm going to miss it because now the decomposition is coming rapidly at the base of it. Yep, right happens. I've I've composted over the top of it and had um, wonderful crops and things come out of it for um, several, well, since then, you know, how many years now. Um, But since it is breaking down so rapidly, um, and uh, although it does attract some some animals that I would like, like the snake, um, but it also attracts things like mice, probably. Yeah, well, that's that's what attracts a snake. Snakes don't eat wood. Right. And, you know, it's like, I mean, well, yeah. You have a little ecosystem going there. What can I help you with on it? Well, I'm, I'm, it's breaking down so much, and I can't count on the snakes because I'm not always sure when they're there. I only see them when they want me to. Right, down. right. Back to- um, and it's very close to the house. Yeah. Um, uh, and because the, the fence is very, it's yeah. not what, that far from what, what can I help you with on um, it, though? What can I stuff? Can I stuff, and can I stuff, like, more woody things? I've got some composting stuff that's not totally broken down. Okay. Can I stuff that down without destroying the animal habitat? Yeah, well, okay, listen, let's make it, and I don't want to get too much into this, but there's this thing called hugel culture, basically stump culture. You could pile all your fallen limbs and leaves and, you know, just turn it into a to a slowly uh, falling apart compost. Just pile leaves and twigs and branches and throw some compost and, you know, just let it turn into just a simmering little compost pile for plants. Plant just some vines around it. Plant just some gourds. But uh, just treat it as a, as, as a slow-moving compost pile and pile more stuff on it. It's called hugel culture, but it ain't that big a deal. Just pile stuff on top of it. Anyway, appreciate your call about that, and uh, I like stuff. Like, I think every yard needs a stump. Something to step on? No, just a, a, a tree stump. You know, people, you know, they, they cut trees down, they grind the stump up. No, leave a stump out there. Plant a vine around it, let stuff grow on it. It's just part of it. Get your screwdriver and poke around in it and see what you can find. You've got mail. Oh, yes, wait a minute, Mr. Bozeman. You've got mail. I do have mail. I got a bunch of emails this week, and some of them are really hit. One is, uh, uh, this is from Carolyn. She said, I recently read an interesting article about Jerusalem artichokes and how good they are for you. Here in my area, I don't ever see them in the grocery store. Well, they, you know, I don't know, you know, what, what town in Forest County, whether you got one or not, but one of these big superstores, they'll have artichoke roots uh, over in the corner. It looks like a, a ginger root. You plant them in the ground. They're tall, tall, late summer, fall-blooming sunflower, little small sunflower. Flowers, but they are a sunflower uh, plant, and they spread. And uh, the way you keep them from taking over is just in the fall. You cut them down, you dig up the roots, and eat them. You can peel them. And uh, anyway, Jerusalem artichokes are the roots of a perennial fall-blooming small-flowered sunflower, and they do great. They do perfectly well here. Another email I got was, uh, uh, this is from Gail Brommer. She said, my neighbor and I share a front yard. Uh, uh, treated both yards last year for a plant called snakeweed, but it's back with a vengeance, and um, it's coming back from their yard to my yard. And they they like organic stuff and don't want to put down chemicals to go and expose their dogs to it. What do we do? And here's the deal. Snakeweed is also called rattlesnake weed, and it's a little member of the mint family. It's got little square stems, but the roots are, are, are knobby white things. look like a rattlesnake 
tail. And uh, by the way, they're edible. You can eat them. If you can't beat them, eat them. But it's in a mint family. You can eat the little roots. But you can kill them with, with herbicides. I don't know if any good, good organic ones going to kill this plant. But here's the deal on it. They come up in the fall. They grow through the winter, and they'll, they'll they're there through the summer, but they grow best in the fall in the in the winter time, sort of like dandelions. And uh, if you wait till now to spray them, uh, what I do is I would cut them down, let them put some new growth on them, and treat them lightly. But I make a note to to maybe spray for them this fall after the grass is dormant, because you'll get a whole lot better control. Uh, with and there are some herbicides that'll kill it, but uh, and they're safe for the dogs if you spray it and have them keep the dogs off until it dries. It's perfectly fine, but uh, let's wait till fall before we really start spraying for rattlesnake weed. Uh, one other, we got uh, some. Uh, I want to get to a phone call before we go to the cheesy music. Um, this is about. Uh, it's from from Taylor Sledge. He's um, I don't see where he's from, but he said, "Can Bradford pear tree serve as a pollinator for other pear trees like kefir, amunglo, or orient?" Uh, and the answer is yes. But for plants to cross po- to pollinate, some plants like apples and pears and peaches uh, either need or do better if they get pollen from two or more different kinds of similar plants. You know, different variety of the same pear, for example. Here's the kicker, though. If they bloom at the same time, you have some that bloom early, some that bloom late. I've seen Bradford pears, the wild ones, already starting to bloom. And uh, see, anyway, if they bloom at the same time and there's bees to carry the pollen from one uh, variety to the other, they can do perfectly fine. Uh, One other real quick one. um, and I've already touched on this, but I want to re- revisit uh, this from Rebecca up in Amory, Mississippi. She said, I've always heard to wait till George Washington's birthday. So you thought I made this stuff up, Java. You thought I was making this stuff up. <laughs> I've always heard to wait till George Washington's birthday to cut back shrubs in the yard. But they're green leaves and new growth at the end of my roses. Should I cut them back anyway? And the answer is yes. Let's cut them back anyway. Uh, we got some cheesy music, some seasonal cheesy music, but let's talk to Timothy down in Louisiana. Hey, Timothy, thanks for calling. What's up? I have a question about, uh, you know, I, I, I've visited all the mounds and everything, and they say there's all hunter-gatherers, you know? Yeah. Well, I can see what they was hunting, but what were they gathering, and uh, is it still available? What, what, what do you mean, gathering? You mean to eat? Yeah. Oh, uh, you're talking about Native Americans? Yeah. Well, we got wild blueberries, pecans are, are native here, mayhaws, pawpaws. Uh, there's a lot of, of plants that have tuberous roots that you can eat. Um, uh, you know, some of the in their their berries. There's a plant called American Beauty Bear with close to the purple berries. Tastes like flour. I mean, it's just real mealy tasting, but it's highly um, is highly nutritious. What they would do is they would take they would make flour from some kind of berries and they mix it with. Uh, let's say some of the nuts like pecan, chop them up, and they would melt squirrel or rabbit fat around it and let it dry and call it pemmican. And that way they'd have something to eat over the over the wintertime. But there's tons of stuff out there. Acorns can be, of certain oats can be eaten, but we have all sorts of, of wild fruits and berries and, and edible leafy greens and stuff. I mean, that's how people got by. Now, I heard you say... Um earlier what about the snake weed that you could eat that yeah and it's and it's native how do you i guess my question is and thank you timothy for that call uh about how do you know you can eat a certain plant (laughs) you know that's a good question who was the first one to do it 
on the one and who that made you, the that, mistake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know, for a long time, uh, uh, Europeans thought that tomatoes, which are from South America, they thought they were poisonous. Uh, thought they were poisonous, and uh, you know, finally somebody says, "Oh yeah, what here? Somebody hold my beer and watch this." <laughs> but uh, anyway, so anyway, uh, T- Timothy, there's it's a good question. What did what you know? What did we gather? We were hunting for stuff to gather, and there's lots and lots of stuff out there, uh, particularly in this in the southeast part of the United States. We have so many trees and vines and shrubs and oh wow, blueberries. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway. We're going to take some more phone calls, but we, let's do some music first. He's from Louisiana. Let's play something that's related to Louisiana and Alabama. People overlook the fact that Mardi Gras uh, has been celebrated in Mobile possibly longer than New Orleans. Not uh, possible. It's true. True. Okay. Okay. Well, in celebration of that, it's a beautiful weekend. Let's get our own B.B. King to tell us all about it. <laughs> Let the good time roll. Let the good time roll. I don't care if you're young or old. Get together and let the good time roll. No matter whether it's rainy weather, birds of a feather got to stick together. Don't get yourself under control. Go out and get together. If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. Welcome 
Welcome back, folks. Horticulturist Felder Rushing here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting. By the way, I just got an email from the guy who did that song, that Felder Rushing song. And he is from, from Belzona. Uh, and uh, he's a, he's an uh, 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 emergency room nurse at St. Dominic's in Jackson. Uh, works with the prison system during the week. Lives up in Belzona. The daddy of five boys married to a beautiful, understanding woman and live in paradise. But get this. Last year, he was nominated for folk artist, singer-songwriter, and song of the year by the Mississippi Music Foundation. How about that? And that's why his song was so good. Yeah, he, yeah, he, he said that he moved back to to, to the to Mississippi to take care of his folks who passed away, and and uh, he just loves it there. It builds on and to to console himself, he got some recording instrument, does all sorts of stuff like that. But and also, I didn't realize this, but he was featured on Mississippi Roads with Walt Grayson here on MPB. How okay. about that? So, Gus, we appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank Gus you Mohammed. very much. That's right. And uh, before we get this phone call, we, you and I were talking about horticulture. You said you weren't really sure what horticulture. Or if it's this. another one of your made-up words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the deal. There's a, a lot of old, old words that came from the Mediterranean. You know, they became Italian and German and French and English and all like that. But uh, one of the words, gordos, became gorded, guarded, garden. And we call it yard. Yard is short for garden, which is meant a guarded area, like with a fence around it. Well, it also became gordos hortos, courtyard, as in a guard area. Horticulture was the guy who took care of stuff in the courtyard. So horticulture is like an upscale gardener. Yeah, yeah. I can go with that. You know, so anyway, gardening is dealing with stuff in a guarded area. Horticulture is deals with stuff in a courtyard. It's still a feel of enclosed space. But a more open area, you got to be a, a little bit yeah. more on your game. Like you say, uh, it's a, yeah. up, a, a step up from yeah, yeah. your the, personal yeah, garden. Yeah, gar- gardeners, if they do good, they work their way up to be a horticulturist, and then they hire gardens to work for them and they do all their work. There you go. <laughs> but nowadays, horticulture comes up with all these rules about stuff you got to do it this way, you got to do it that way. You got to prune roses above an outward face and five leaf at leaf. You got to have your soil tested. Shut up. You don't do any of that stuff. You just dig a hole, put something in it, try to get it to live. Hello. That's what gardening is. Now, we're going to go up to West Point. Annie, thank you for holding so much. How are you this morning? Uh, well, in general, how are you? So far, so good. What's going on up the prairie part of the state? Well, you were talking about native, veg- well, edibles. Uh-huh. And up in Little County, where I grew up, there was a vine that had a white trumpet flower like a morning glory, and it had a red center, and people called it Indian potatoes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, what is it about the plant that's edible, and what does the edible part? As, what I, does the edible part look like? I give you a hint. Potato. It's the root. It's got an enlarged storage organ. That you know, potato is is a tuber. Well, this is an enlarged stem that they eat. Now, and I don't remember all the details about it. I'm, you know, I'm sort of from, I, I know what it looks like, but I don't know any details about it. But you know, we fit. You know, there's tons and tons and tons of great edible native plant and non-native plant. A lot of our weeds are perfectly edible. Dandelions are perfectly edible. Uh, so it's chickweed and henbit, which is in the mint family. See, we got a lot of cool stuff out there. But anyway, the Indian, uh, I, f- I forget the, the Latin name of it, but um, I can look it up real quick. But in, anyway, appreciate it. And, um, you know, any t- if anytime anybody has some things to add to this line of conversation, anything, shoot me an email, garden at mpbonline.com. 
org. Now let's go to Tremont. Joey, I forget where Tremont is, and I think I've been there. Nettlewumba County, northeast Mississippi. <laughs> Icebox. The icebox of the state. That's right. That's right. The 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 place with the biggest rocks. Yeah. So, so what you got going? Last uh, season, morning glories took my garden over. Oh boy! Now you know why they call it Tyvine. Hey, uh, they they smothered my tomatoes out and stuff, and however. Uh, Poison I look at says will not affect them or you know not good for this or that. So you got any ideas? Yeah, a, a couple of things. Um, and there's enough seeds in your dirt. Every time you till, it brings more seeds up. So the the more often you cultivate, uh, you know, it, one thing you could do is you could put off planting a little bit later, which is good because plants will grow better. With, and if you'll go ahead and till your garden up a good bit, let this stuff sprout, and then. You know, take up. I hate to say this because it sounds so old school, but it works. A sharp hoe. You know, I don't mean something to chop with, but sharpen the hoe and just put drag it along the top of the ground. Just scrape it, and you can cut the plants off level with the ground. Then plant in between the stubs. In other words, let what's going to sprout this year sprout. Then plant in between it. But um, there, there's nothing that's going to kill all those seeds in there. That's, you know, there are some pre-emerged herbicides, but they're kind of tricky to work with, and I don't think most gardeners want to fool with it. Another thing is to use mulch. You know, Go ahead and, and, uh, and row your garden up, let this stuff come up, kill it, plant, and then pile some uh, newspaper. You can take a piece of cardboard, cardboard box, and slit it and you know, halfway through and put it around the base of your tomato plants, and nothing's going to come up through that. Well, I got a big pile of mulch from the limb trimmers that come around for the power vines. It's about four year old. There you go. Go go ahead and and and, uh, and and get your garden ready. And if you can, go ahead and just you know ch- chop them best you can, plant and then mulch, and that'll give you a good head start. Oh well, well I sure do appreciate your advice. It's easy to say, Joey. <laughs> okay, but doing it, mm-mm-mm. I don't envy you at all. Thank you well, for calling. Neither do I. You have a good one. <laughs> See you, man. All righty, Joey. Shout out to Tremont. Let's go to Madison. Hey, John. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing, sir? I'm fine. What's up? Um, this is my second spring to have my asparagus. Now, and I've got a little, just a few spikes coming up. Not enough I feel like I can harvest. Uh-huh. Are they coming up by now? Yeah, yeah, they they come up early. Asparagus, a lot of people don't realize, it grows in Canada. I mean, it grows, the, the further north you grow, the better it grows. Uh, and it likes cold weather, and it's not going to affect it at all. Uh, what I would do, have you got it mulched really well? Yeah. Okay, that that's good. If you can feed it this year with a little cottonseed meal, and, and I don't recommend cottonseed meal because, I, because I, I sell it. I like it because... It's natural, it's slow, it feeds the soil, it feeds the worms, it improves the roots of your asparagus and, and other plants. And it's mostly nitrogen, which is all, you know, that's what most asparagus needs. If you can dust it with cottonseed meal, uh, that'll help really bulk them up this year, and they will jump next year. Okay, well, I had a good stand of fronds, you know, fern-looking stuff yeah, last yeah. year. I cut it back when it froze, but I'm just not having much come up. Well, it's a little early, you know. I mean, it's still still February, you know, and, you know, a lot of stuff is coming up. I've got stuff coming up a little early right now, but usually I think of asparagus being more of a March and April thing. It's great. just this this time of year. If some does come up early, it's a little early. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay, good luck. Oh, oh let me ask you this, John. What do you have there in the wintertime? Nothing? What do I have planted? Yeah, around it. 
nothing. Stick in some daffodil bulbs this fall. That way, next year, you got daffodils growing in the area, and when they start to die down, the asparagus is coming up. That way, you get double duty out of that hole. All right. Well, that's a good idea. I'll give that a shot. Okay. Appreciate it, John. Thanks, Thanks. man. Bye. All righty. Let's go to Braxton. Hey, Mary. How are you hey. this morning? Oh, yeah. I'm doing fine. How are you? So far, so good. Well, I have a feeling that if uh, I was out there and had to find out whether I was got something that was going to kill me or I could eat, first of all, I'd watch and see about the animals around us, uh-huh. what they did. And then I wouldn't take a whole handful of it. I'd take a little bite. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, a little bite is all it takes sometimes to shut your, your yeah, liver down. Well, yeah. I, I have a feeling that those are the kind that you find that other things around that are kind of looking a little weird, too. Yeah. Uh, and you know about the horticultural thing. I do. If, if they didn't, if they didn't have make rules, that everybody who was a gardener would call themselves a horticulturist. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's sort of like everybody in the choir wants to be the preacher. That's right. <laughs> and knows more than the preacher too. <laughs> Anyway, Mary, thank thank you for calling this morning. I hope you get, you know, if you get outside, uh, you know, Braxton, stand out on the porch or something like that, the sun feels so good on the skin. It just feels real good. And uh, another couple of three months from now, we're going to wish it was this cool. I would, I would get out and enjoy this beautiful day as best you can, Mary. Thank you so much for your call. Thank you, ma'am. All righty. You know, got to be nice because it's mama. That's mama. That's, you know, auntie, you know, talking there. First thing you told me, don't cut these little old ladies off. <laughs> no, 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 because for one thing, they're they're younger than I am. But nope. another thing is, see, my mother's been gone all these years now, but I swear she's standing behind me, and she's going to smack me on the back of the head if I don't straighten up. And fly right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But Mary, you know, she, you know she was, she's out there. She's kicking. She's digging around. She's doing stuff. She's thinking. Oh, and, yeah. And that's the nice part about this this particular program to me. I don't have to sell anything. You know, I don't have to talk about anything. It doesn't matter to me what people. They want to prune their crepe myrtles, fine. Don't want to prune them, fine. I don't care. Uh, I like them both, as a matter of fact. Uh, if you want to have your soil tested, and I, if you want to have the garden of the month, if you want to have yard of the month, a pristine golf course quality lawn, I can help you without trying to sell anything. Because, I mean, I wrote the forward to best-selling lawn care manual in the state. But I don't even have any grass. I don't care. I ain't got to do all that stuff it takes to have a nice lawn. Know what to do. Don't want to do it. But if you want to do it, I will be glad to help you. If you don't want to do it, we'll find ways around it. So that's that's my approach. It's a party, and everybody's welcome. Don't care if you're dressed up or not. Uh, I guess we probably need to take that little qu- quick break. The phones are open right now if you want to give us a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB. Ring one eight seven seven MPB ring. I'm here every Friday. It's rebroadcast on Saturday. George Washington's birthday coming up next week. I'm gonna get out and prune my. I pruned a rose last week. I'll admit I jumped the gun, but I'm gonna cut the rest of them probably over the weekend. And and I got daffodils coming up. I've got all sorts of potting soil ready to plant, but I'm gonna hold off on peppers and tomatoes and summer stuff till it gets to be summer. We got a lot of fun time ahead. We can plant leafy greens and lettuces, beautiful, colorful lettuces, and when you're tired of looking at them, you can eat them. And then it's time to plant tomatoes and peppers. Stick with us, folks. We'll be back here, Gestalt Gardener on Mississippi Public Broadcasting, with your phone calls right after this. 
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back, folks. Horticulture fell rushing. I just, I was looking up Indian potato and come to find out it's in the same family as magnolias. <laughs> it looks like it. Uh, division magnolia phyta class uh, ape. It's in the carrot family. Um, I didn't know that. And I'm gonna have to look more stuff about that. But anyway, it's uh, it's a native plant. It got edible tuberous roots. Several plants that have edible tuberous roots. By the way, uh, you know Java, Java. This morning when I. You came in, you got the emails printed, and I said, I already answered all those. <laughs> you were very, very confident about this. Well, there's, there's one here I didn't. I, I didn't Snuck answer. Snuck in there. Snuck in there. I think you made this one up. It was the one about uh, about Jerusalem artichokes. Anyway, I'll go, I'm going to go back, and, and uh, even though I answered it on the phone, uh, on the air, I'll send an email back. But Jerusalem artichokes are really, really good, tall, fall-blooming uh, sunflower. Put them back at the back of something and give them room to spread. Let's go down to Poplarville. Hey, Dorit, how are you this morning? Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Where are you from originally, anyway? <laughs> Ain't from around here. Yeah. Israel. It's okay. It's okay. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, what can I help you with? Um, I have azaleas uh, planted under pine trees. Yeah. And I thought since the pine needles are acidic, they would fertilize the azaleas, but they're not blooming very well. Yeah. Only about one-third of them are blooming. Yeah. Well, there's a couple of things, and even though azaleas are starting to bloom now, it is still a little early. So you know, don't don't give up on them yet. It's still a little bit early. Uh, but the second thing is, uh, pine needles are really aren't that acidic, and they're not fertilizer at all. You know, you know, they're just what happens is leaves fall off the trees as they break down and decompose. You know, they re, you know they break down to their 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 basic elements called composting, and worms eat that and take it down and they convert it into you know fertilizer and stuff. But pine needles are real waxy and take a long time to break down. There's very little nutrient value in them. So uh, what I would do, pine straw is a good mulch on top of the ground, uh, but I would at least every three or four years. Uh, no more than once every year or two, but every three or four years, throw a little azalea fertilizer up under them because that you know that's get the nitrogen and the phosphorus and potassium, all the other stuff that pine needles just don't have. And okay. and, and and I say every three or four years because there's people in poverty who got good looking azaleas ain't never been fertilized. They grow in the cemetery. I mean, dead people can grow azaleas. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but yeah. it, the the fertilizer people say fertilizer twice a year. That's too much. So I shoot okay. for somewhere in between every two or three or four years, a little fertilizer. When in the year should I do this? Sometime in the spring. You know, late February, March, April, May, just sometime early in the growing season. It's not as big a deal as horticulturists like me make it out to be. Well, may I ask you something else about pine needles? Sure. Um, why do people rake them up instead of just leaving them there? Won't the grass go, grow through it? 
not really. Pine pine needles, pine trees, and St. Augustine grass are not from the same continent. And grass is a prairie plant. Pines are a woodland plant. And to, for the grass to grow, it needs sunshine, and the woodland plants want to mulch the ground with heavy leaves. So it's a, a fight between sun and shade when it comes to grass and trees. And the pine straw will will eventually smother the grass. Okay. Because it's not fun raking up pine straw. No, it's not. You know, you don't have to. You know, grass is a, is a, a neat thing. Pine straw is lays down flat and brown. Grass is flat and green. Last time I checked, brown's a color, too. A lot easier to take care of than that grass. That's right. Okay. Thanks very much. All right, Dora. Thank you. Stay, stay cool and dry. Let's go to Florence. Hey, Brian. Good morning, sir. Hello. Good morning, Felder. What's up? Oh, the young lady before you was talking some of the same stuff uh-huh. uh, about the lawn and uh, in my yard. Uh, it's got an area where the grass won't grow. Is there other trees? It's, there's a couple trees there yeah. where the previous owners didn't rake it up, so it got all packed with leaves. Uh, that's okay. Yeah. Leaves under trees is normal. Grass under trees is not. And somewhere, you go to botanic gardens, what they do is they say, here's the grass, here's the trees. And they'll have leaves under the trees and a nice little curve to make it look like, okay, grass is in one area, trees and, and leaves are in the other. Or they plant a ground cover up under like Asiatic jasmine or or, ja- or uh, ivy or something like that. But yeah, look ev- into some of that. Yeah, eventually the grass is going to die under trees. It happens eventually. There's no... Yeah, because, uh, the way the sun comes in, it, the... The limbs are really high, so I get a okay. good uh, yeah. dose of sunshine. Well, that that helps. The second thing is raise your mower to the highest setting and throw the wrench away. That is, the grass needs all the sun it can get. When you cut it real close, you starve it to death. Raise your mower up high. Give it a little bit of a good quality lawn food in April, no earlier than April, and uh, that gives us the best chance. Well, I want to come back. I got those wild onions. I want to okay. knock them out. So okay, I, it's I getting like yeah. Your your grass is starting to green up, and what will kill onions and garlic and dandelions will kill grass when it starts to green up. So your best bet, just mow them this year. Gra- those things don't grow through the summertime. As soon as it gets hot, they're gone for the summer. And make a note to spray them next January, February, early February before your grass greens up. So grass to grow into that hard pack. It, it, it'll do it. There's, there's there's grass all over this part of the country, and they got all the same kind of clay. The the trick is mow high, fertilize light later in April, and uh, if you can give it a good soaking every month or two, that helps a lot. But every couple of three weeks is better. That's what it takes. Grass grows in clay. It's all around us. So, yeah, and, no, no way to really okay. make that faster. Just uh, the, No, no. This is fr- fr- from the grass's point of view. Yeah. Mow high, fertilize light after it warms up, give it a good soaking every now and then. That's what it takes to have a good quality lawn, and a lot of people don't do those three things. It's going to be a struggle. Anyway, we got we to gotta scoot. I don't think we got time to take the call about edibles from a comb or roses in a pot from Hattiesburg. But, no, we don't. But I will say this. I grow roses in pots and edibles in pots. Uh, John from a comb, Paul from Hattiesburg. Y'all shoot me an email real quick. Uh, I'll answer as soon as I get off the, as soon as I get back to the shack. It's real easy to email me, folks. It's garden at mpbonline 
mpbonline.org. MPB Online Garden at mpbonline.org. And uh, try to get to all these emails as quick as I can. It may take me a couple, three days because I goof off a lot. But Java, it's been fun, man. Oh, yeah. Today was a good show. Thanks. I had a great time last week at, uh, at Hutto's. We did a home fruit seminar. I'm, a, I'm doing library and garden club talks all over this part of the South. If you're interested in doing that, shoot me an email. Meanwhile, the Gestalt Garden is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is uh, Sir Java Chapman. Our call screener was the inimitable an, an Kevin Farrell, and we're going to take a break called A Week. We'll be back same time, same place. Talking about gardening here on MPB. I'm horticulturist Felder Rushing. Let's go out and do what we do best on this beautiful weekend and show other people how we love to get dirty.